It's the Henderson team. Okay. All right, whenever you're ready, Carly. Oh, we're live? We're live. Well, we didn't have any. Oh, <coughs> change. There we go. Now I know we're live. Okay. So, guys, we're live. We're right now. We're uh, recording our program for this Saturday. Uh, we're recording Las Vegas Real Estate Now. You'll hear us on KDWN Saturday, 101.5 FM. In the meantime, stay tuned with us because you can hear us record the program and also hear all the interesting little tidbits that happen between the segments. <laughs> Today we have some special guests. Uh, we have Cynthia Ward, my partner here. Uh, welcome back, Sin. Thanks. And we also have a very special guest, uh, Matt Mullen, who's the principal of the largest team in the Berkshire Hathaway uh, system here in Las Vegas. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so uh, we're going to, and, and when you listen today, you're going to hear Matt. <clears throat> Matt's brought some very interesting topics. We're going to talk about our market. We're going to talk about being uh, a buyer in this market. We're going to talk about what's happening, what we see, and how it's different than what's happened in the past. Um, and I know Cynthia's got some comments she wants to lay in on that, too. Um, and then I've got a couple of quick articles um, that, I, that I pulled that we might get to. I'm not sure we're going to get to these today or not because we have so much to, to cover. Uh, but. Um, uh, Lennar is building a new uh, subdivision in Summerlin, and they go through the history of Summerlin, which I thought was interesting. And then and there's another article by uh, Patrick Blennerhassett in the RJ um, talking about how listings have dropped by more than half. And I think Matt's actually going to talk about that a little bit today. We'll talk about that. So, guys, let's just, we're just gonna get right into the show. We'll get started here. Here we go. Segment one. Let me take a sip first. You should have done that earlier. People love it when I, you know, I have to break from my character to just take a drink of water. <laughs> we turn this thing down, and here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's, educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld, the Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we have over a century of collective real estate experience. A lot of which is here today, by the way. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.00488897. On this program, we're dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Today, we have some outstanding guests for you. We have my partner, Cynthia Ward, is here. Welcome back, Sin. Thanks. Glad to have you back. And we have somebody new. Uh, we have Matt Mullen here. Matt Mullen is uh, the principal of the largest real estate team in our uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, company here in Las Vegas. Welcome, Matt. Hello. And, uh, you know, the thing about the thing about Matt is, is that he, he brings a wealth of knowledge. And, and he and I, and you brought some great topics with you today, which I'm very excited about. Um, we're talk, talking about what moves prices. So first, before we do that, let's do some disclaimers. First of all, Cynthia, you have a, a license number. Yours is S.00430000. And Matt, you have one also. Yours is BS.01433340. Okay, we got that stuff out of the way. I want to make sure we said that. Uh, Matt, what moves prices here? What? Why do prices change in housing? What's the deal? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I get the question every single day. What's 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 happening in the market? Are right. prices going up? Prices going down? And I, when I first got in the business twenty years ago, I really wanted to understand what the heck because I got in in two thousand three. I didn't know what was going on. I had people fighting over properties. Oh yeah. Um, I had, and then I witnessed everything change so dramatically. 
you know, when the market shifted. Yeah. And but one thing was clear and the same, and that is supply and demand predicted exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Explained exactly what was going to happen, and um, it's sort of become my roadmap for how are things. You know, yeah. So and what people to, and what to expect next. So when people ask you about it, that's the first thing you go to. So let's, let's talk about yeah. supply and demand. Yeah, and one one thing that uh, you know I heard a lot is is there's no such thing as a national housing market. You know, so there's stats right. that sh- that are national stats, but they could be not even relevant to an individual property, an individual neighborhood, an individual market. And, Indeed. But um, but supply and demand can certainly help us get a clue, right, of where we are. Yeah, we you you, you really need to drill down with real estate. Like you know, Mark Stark always says, you need to be hyper local. Right. You need to be like talk about your subdivision, talk about your block, what's going on there, because that might be different than what's happening on the next block. Right. You know. I, you know, when I talk about uh, housing prices, one of the things like you, you compare it to cars a little bit, and the reason you do it is because of the variance. But the thing about cars is, two cars can be identical, exactly the same car with exactly the same things. No two houses are ever identical because they're always in a different spot. Hmm. There's always a different location. This this house could be exactly identical to that house, but if it's back in to a busy street or it's on a corner lot or whatever, so there's no two houses that are ever alike. So that's the one big difference. And so we, when we talk about pricing that's one element of it but okay so we talked about supply and demand but where what we talked a little about what happened in the past yeah what's happening right now though so i think um one thing that has helped me kind of get at least comfortable with understanding where in general are we you know what caused last time to happen i hear a lot of people saying well you know it's the market's going to crash and right. uh, prices are too high. They're, they're going to come down just like last time. Right. Well, here's some perspective. National economists have said that a balanced real estate market is about six months worth of supply, five to six months worth of supply. Mm-hmm. That's balanced. That's normal. That's, that's buyers and sellers Buyer, are on yeah, equal footing, relatively, right. relatively stable. Um, that means that if there were, 6,000 homes listed for sale and 1,000 homes sold every month, it would take six months to buy up all the inventory. That's what months worth of supply is, so six months worth of supply. Right. Last time we saw the market crash, there were 24,000 homes on the market in Las Vegas. 24,000. Our our long-term average was somewhere about 10. Right. It doubled the amount of homes that went up for sale, Mm 24,000. And at that time, there was only about... 800 homes selling every single month. Right. So two years worth of supply, more than two years worth of supply, is where we were sitting last time prices crashed. And right now today, mm-hmm. well, and it's even changed a lot recently, but right now today we only we have about 50, well, look, we just looked it up, yep. 5,231 total properties listed on the market. Right. That's a fraction of when we were oversupplied back then. Yeah. It's half of where we were last fall. Right. When we crept up into October, right. November, we were approaching 10, 11,000 homes on the market. Exactly. It's come down. We're about 5,231. Mm-hmm. And there's 2,600 homes selling every month for the last couple of months. Right. That's, that's about two to three months worth of right. supply. That means undersupplied. Indeed. Indeed. So, and that, and that leans towards a seller's market still. But, I mean, so... And, and when you're comparing year over year, and when you're comparing market over market, that supply and demand is is obviously the 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 highest indicator. It's the highest indicator. There's other things that affect it, 
Yeah. yeah. They affect supply and demand, obviously. Interest rates Which affect is, supply and demand. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah right. Sam, right. great point. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's interest rates are affecting buyers' ability to buy. They can't buy as much as they could before. So they're, they're not as active. Well, in, and we're not getting inventory because sellers aren't wanting to sell because they have the low interest rate. So ex- they don't want to move and have a 7% interest rate. Exactly right. If I mean, they don't have to. And those are the things affecting uh, supply and demand. But supply and demand is, is the ultimate. And that's why we look at that every month, guys. You know, we do the monthly market update. We look at supply and demand and we look at median price to see those three. Those three are really the indicators to me of what's happening right now. And you make a great point. When we, and, and I think comparing it to that market is important because – don't we we get this question all the time? Is there a crash? Is there a crash? <gasps> is there a crash coming? You know, yeah. and we just don't see that. It's just not there. The the the, the metrics are not there for the and, and the things that affected it then are not affecting it now. Well, a crash is pretty strong. You know, that's a very strong word. I I can see that certain areas, even of our valley, mm-hmm. some will adjust adjust lower or higher depending on the area. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think that's a that's a fantastic point. It's the severity that actually occurs will be a little bit of a reflection of how severe the supply and demand changes happen. I mean, we talked about yeah. twenty four thousand homes on the market and eight hundred selling a month, leading to prices, you know, cut, they had no choice but to go down. They had by, to by a lot. That was a dramatic example. And then let's look at the other extreme. What caused prices to go up so aggressively in 2003 and just as recent as the last few years? Right. Only less than two years ago, I think we're going back to February, mm-hmm. you know, of 2022. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we only had about 2,500 homes on the market. Right. right. Crazy. Double yeah. double now, and at that point in time, interest rates were lower. Interest right. rates were right. in the you know four percent and less range. Yeah. But that that Money interest rates cheap. have already impacted demand as part of what 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 I'm, you know, articulating here because back then we were selling four thousand homes a month. Exactly. Yes. And now we're down to twenty five hundred. Right. Right. Yes. I think I think I don't know. I read this just I think last week that most homes now are getting three three and a half offers. Because yeah. we don't have enough inventory. Yeah. So we're we're seeing multiple offers again. And I think that that's true of homes that are priced correctly Correct. right now. Yeah. That's, that's, there, are, there are sellers out there who still believe prices are shooting up, and they're not necessarily shooting up. They are, in certain markets, they're still going up. The median price has gone up the last three months, the, uh, the median price for single family, but slightly. It's not like jumping right. like it was before. It's just kind of, it's kind of floating right around that 450 <laughs> mark is what we're, we're seeing yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, uh, and you make, I mean, the, the elements affecting it are the fact that the, and sellers have, a lot of sellers have very low interest rates and it's really tough to give that up. Yeah. Buyers are seeing rates in the, in the sevens right now. And which is interesting because historically that's not a bad rate. It's just, it's just compared to what we had two years ago. It's awful. We have a short memory and we're very spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. We are. I mean, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, I should have bought, man, I wish I would have bought when we had three. What have you done for me lately? That's right. (laughs) We gotta, we gotta keep that in mind. Hey guys, look, we're coming up on a break. We're going to run a couple quick commercials. We're going to come back. We got so much more to talk about, including perhaps think about the idea of maybe investing in rentals. I know Matt wants to touch on that. So we'll, we'll talk about that and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Good, 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 good. So yeah, we can touch on <clears throat> on rentals, and you're talking about the long term equity build. Yeah, you have to. Be and then you have a story, that's, which yeah. is great. Let's talk about the story. Let's get into your story about investing we in rentals. Do one wrap up on the supply and demand, just because. Yeah. You know, I. What would you like to wrap it up with? 
that even though I just quoted market level numbers right now, it's neighborhood. Some neighborhoods are <coughs> six, seven, eight months worth of True. inventory. Good point. Location, location, location. Yeah. Yep. Right. So just hyper, hyper local. Encouraging. Good. You know. We'll pay do. attention to what's going on in your neighborhood, not what's going on in the neighbors. Well, because right. I had a client who had a beautiful home that her it was her grandmother's in North Las Vegas, remodeled it, gorgeous, and it took what three, four months, three. That's the one I'm have right now, the Sakura, the Sakura yeah. listing. And it, it was beautiful, but it was because of where it was and yep. Yep. interest rates and affordability. Yep. Let's do that. Let's touch on that first, then we'll talk about investing in rentals. Okay, here we go. Coming back, segment two. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, I have my partner, Cynthia Ward. We also have Matt Mullen here from the Mullen Group uh, at Berkshire Hathaway. And Matt, before the break, we were talking about supply and demand. And I think it's important. You mentioned something about about thinking about don't think about the national numbers don't think even about las vegas numbers but we really want to think about local numbers right yeah <clears throat> yeah i think um you know I, sh- I just shared some numbers that were las vegas market wide right however it's just very important to pay attention to your sp- very specific neighborhood and price point because even right now in las vegas while that high level number shows two to three months worth of supply there are some neighborhoods where there's six seven eight months worth of supply already interesting so it's just you know, it's just just important to pay attention to the facts of the specific neighborhood of the property that you're you're looking at versus. And let me remind you that if that you know you can go on Zillow, you can go on Realtor.com. But the problem I always have with those guys is that they're going to send you off to about four different realtors, and they're all going to bug the living tar out of you uh, with stuff. If you want that information, you want us to provide it to you. We, we'll provide it to you. Just just text me. We'll send you information about your property, and we won't bother you. You can just look at it time over time, just see it, and then you'll have it just so you know, and you can compare and contrast what's happening in your own neighborhood. That's because that's really what's important to you. That's a great point. I wanted to get a little bit, I know you mentioned uh, a little bit uh, before we got on about investing in rentals. And and I know that that's, that's a little bit different than buying a home for yourself. You, you've got to have, it's a different strategy. So let's talk about that a little bit, Matt. Tell us what you think about investing in rentals. <clears throat> well, um, I think one of my favorite things that I've heard is is well, I just want I want to get a good deal, oh. you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. And I, I, that's you know, weird. I want I want to get a good deal too. And yeah. no, I don't want to miss out on so the market. Anyway, they say, "Call me when you find a good deal." Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's that does happen quite often. Yeah. So the the point I'm trying to make with that is, I, I I believe investing in rental property. There's no such thing as the right deal. It's what's right, right for the individual. Everybody's got different risk tolerances, access to other investments, time horizons, and, um, you know, all those things matter into, in the investment strategy for if I'm going to buy a rental property or not. Right, right. You know? Yeah. But, um, and you have, you have a story, you have, you have a personal experience with this. With Well, I, yeah. So, I mean, I, certainly over the years, I've worked with various different levels of investors that some say, well, I want to invest in a rental property, but I care very much about stress. I don't want it to be high stress. <laughs> right. I I just basically don't want to think about it. I don't have time to think about it. Right. Um I want it to be a savings account over time. So they're not really paying attention to what's the rate of return or the yield and the and right. the, and, and others want to buy below market and be able to flip it and so there's all sorts of different shades of it, but I'll, one thing that I've that I experienced personally 
is last time the market, I bought my first rental property in 2005. Oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch, <laughs> Because uh, yeah. they say you're in the business of real estate. That's what you should do, right, exactly. So I um, didn't want to miss out. Kind of felt at the time the market was getting a little bit, you know, those supply and demand numbers I mentioned earlier were getting a little bit out of whack, but did it anyway. Right. Paid $250,000 for um, first rental property. Mm-hmm. That dropped to one ten. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, the, the price... Got so cut lower, the, the less than half. Yep. basically dropped in half. Yeah. Guess what didn't drop in half? The rent. Yeah. Right. And guess what also didn't change? The mortgage payment. Right. And the rent covered the mortgage payment just fine over time. Right. Held the property for 12, 13 years. Right. Approximately. Right. Sold it for 50000 less than I paid. Right. 200000 Got every single bit of cash that I put down on that property out of it over time. All right. So property value went down in half. Right. Sold it for less than I paid. Didn't lose. Could have maybe done better in other investments, but really it's about equity build over time because every single month there's equity build. I really like the idea, the concept of looking at real estate for the long term. I'm not, you know, I know that there are people out who are very successful flipping homes, and I I know that there's an element of our market that, that... that's all they do, and that's great. And that, but I think there has to be some tremendous economies of scale to make that successful, and you have to really be a good good at that and, and have done it. And I don't like people experimenting with that. I, if you want to experiment, experiment long-term, because then you, you're really protected long-term. Matt bought his house in 2005. I built my house in 2006. We both did it at the worst possible yeah. time. <laughs> you know, We both felt like morons afterwards, but, but, but here we both wrote it out. And now... I'm still in the same house, and I'm sitting pretty. The cost of your house, the price of your house doesn't matter unless you're actually going to sell it. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really matter. It's nice to watch it. It's nice to see where it's headed. It's nice to keep track and follow the neighborhood trends and see what's happened. But truth is, until you have to do something, it really doesn't matter that much, so truthfully. on the point of investing, what are rentals, monthly rental prices are doing now? Are they stable, going down, going up? Well, where are we at with that? It's a great question. And, and the latest the latest surveys on rents are that they're they're dipping a little bit from, they were spiking. I mean, they were going up crazy for the last well, three we years. We were kind of behind. I, I think we, we were. We kind of caught up and now we're seeing some adjustments down. And I just read an article also about some luxury apartments being built and they think the price of apartments is going to come down a little bit as a result of the supply catching up because they, they, they're so far behind. We were way, we're undersupplied both on rentals and sales yeah. right now still. And it's going to be that way for a while. But now that we're starting to catch up on rentals, we may see rental prices start to decline a little bit. It's not going to be dramatic. Rents really never go down, hardly ever. Or dramatically. Never yeah. dramatically. Talking about an adjustment from $1,800 a month to $1,750. Talking about $50 a month. That's right. $600 in a year. Yeah. And... The price of the property could adjust, but nothing's happened, right. like, like you said, unless you're yeah. actually planning to do so, something. Exactly. So with interest rates, so <laughs> investor, of course, who can pay cash, it's a totally different story. Right. But if someone is buying a second property, interest rates, it's got to affect your payment and your, your I'm not sure your rent always covers your payment you, then you, right I, now. I think when you start on a rental, Matt, you can disagree with When you start on a rental, you have to have a positive cash flow. You have to generate something that has at least some positive cash flow, and then over time it can improve, hopefully. But you at least have to start from a positive from day one. Um, that's what you'd like to do. Now, the thing about, the thing about mortgage rates is, is you know, the, the, you meet with your accountant, you talk about mortgage rates, and you talk about all these deductible things against the property. And one of the reasons real estate is such a great investment is because of what the tax, the tax impact. Right. It's dramatically effective and important for that. So I think you have to look at that as well. 
Yeah, and um, that's kind of why exactly what I started with. It all boils down to what's right for the individual. You right. know, some yeah. everybody's got different reasons for why they're putting money into real estate. Yeah. Right. You know, some I don't want the risk of stocks, equities. I don't want that kind of stuff. Maybe that's, you know. Um, I had somebody tell me to once, it's like, I, I buy rental properties because everybody needs a place to live. Exactly. And someone is going to be paying some level of rent, which is basically just filling a savings account for me. Right. Well, you said and it I, yourself. You bought a house in 2005. The rent did not go down. The, I mean, even though the market went down, the rent did not go down. Right. In the worst real estate market in the history of the world, <laughs> the rent did not go down. Okay, so 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 that's all that. those poor people who lost their house had to go rent something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the truth. It's the truth. And so it's a, it, there's a level of tolerance. But and the, I mean, I I have stocks. I have mm-hmm. money tied up in the stock market. But I also have real estate investments. And I think real estate investments are very very important. Obviously, because and and. As a realtor, I, you know, I sell them, but I, I think they're important just in general anyway, just right. to have diversity. Right. You know, I think it's an important element. And so if you can handle a rental property, you should be doing it. And I actually, I actually had a client tell me once uh, that was buying a property in 2007. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, oh. it's, it's a little, you know, even, right. even more distressed supply and right. demand. And I shared it with him. He's like, I really appreciate your honesty on that. Yeah. But frankly, I don't care about price because I just want to place the cash in this right now. I'm already exposed to a bunch of other stuff. There you go. And I just want to own real estate in Las Vegas. I'm going to own it for 20 years. I don't really go. care about price movements right, right now. I just need to place the money somewhere that's right. relatively safe. Brilliant. No, that's, I mean, and boy, I mean, and, and that's the way to approach it. I mean, you know, we can't help but tell them what we think is going to happen. And we knew it was happening. Then. Yeah. And that's great that you told them that. And that, that tells me, that tells us a lot about you. It tells us a lot about Matt that he did say that. Because, and I think the three of us are very much like mindedness is we're not there to sell that house. We're there mm-hmm. to be that person's realtor and help them and try to make, help them make good decisions. One of the reasons we do the show too. Right. We want to help people make good decisions. Hey guys, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour. We're going to run a series of commercials here at the bottom of the hour. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about maybe how to navigate this market, whether you're uh, looking to buy a home for yourself or as an investment. We're talking about how to navigate this market, how to deal with that. And and uh, and you can look at it from your own perspective and maybe draw conclusions as to the way you'd like to approach it. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back in just a minute. That was good. I kept wanting to say something about... about um... So we've got to do four segments because mm-hmm. we're... Oh, we're fine. Oh no, okay. I've got two articles. We got. Oh, okay. oh yeah, we got plenty. Yeah, we got plenty. <laughs> we can wing it. Yeah. <laughs> she's just trying to make you. Sweat. She's just trying to get me. <laughs> now I know how to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Improvisation. Well, I mean, I think about stuff all the time, but it's like not really appropriate. Like, so I just had this thought. Um, well, I know we're live, but I just had this thought that um, there's some states and countries that are well, like. That are limiting international buyers now, you oh, know, yeah. because yeah. we're having housing crisis, not enough homes for residents, and so they're limiting um, <coughs> foreign investment. Foreign investments, yeah. yeah. Canada's doing it. Are they? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, we don't limit them so much as we just tax the living tar out of them. I mean, which is I think is appropriate. Florida, Florida might be trying to do that. I can't remember. Could I just, be. Yeah, I guess states can do. I guess they could do that. Yeah. I don't, it'd be tough. I don't know. If we like an open market. I mean, we really do like an open market. Mm. It's good for sellers. I mean, you limit the amount of buyers, and all of a sudden, sure. you're, you're limiting their ability to. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, on rephrase it. Um, limiting foreign investment. Yeah. Doing that as a country. As a state. Or as a state. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a if, if, I'm a I'm a uh, economist at heart, and it goes back to supply and demand. All right. So, there you go. if you're limiting demand, <coughs> some way artificially, yeah, um, you're going to hurt prices. It, 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 it maybe is not fulfilling full potential, but it boils down to well, if there's plenty of demand there already. You know, True. Yeah. And what's the and what's the what's the policy purpose? You know, they're building uh, they're building they're building homes as rent only communities now. True. We have some here, but they're building them all over the country now. That's a big. That's the that's the new corporate push is to build a community just for rent. You know, and we're going to rent all these houses out. And that's what we're going to do. It's kind of sad though. It is really sad because it, it takes it is sad. It, it takes away, away from like you I think, said, the American dream. Like I, I, it's like don't buy. You know how I feel about it. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of that. But I think it's it's filling a niche because we need rental properties, and I understand it. And big companies say, "Hey, we need rental properties. Let's fill let's fill a niche." Yeah, but these hedge fund people that buy up blocks and blocks of homes to rent. Yeah. I mean, like that first time home buyer. You know the. Yeah, we have I, enough problems already I getting agree. people into houses that are just beginning their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good topic. It's interesting. All right, I've let's heard, do. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll just say I've I've heard um, some of the feedback I've heard from those that operate those is some people value the stability and dollars of investment of a corporate landlord that are mm-hmm. going in and full renovations and great customer service. <coughs> I've heard from people say, oh, I'd rather well, live in a well-run corporate-owned, yep. you know, than take the risk, Yeah, you know, of... Yeah, there's accountability there that you don't have otherwise. It's true. I think that's a great point, but... What do you mean, but rather than taking the risk of trying to buy your own home? No, 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 versus, like, just from the perspective of... If like you're a, a renter. Like, like a, a landlord, landlord that doesn't oh, take care of the property. Right. Oh, no, I get that, you know, I somebody, get that. Someone's you're, gonna just, could decide, oh, I want, I'm gonna sell this property now, so you can't stay there. Right. Maybe in the longevity, mm-hmm. right. maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, quality of the interior with renovations, upgrades, stability, yeah. Um, yeah. customer yeah, service, a, getting things done quickly because of full corporate staffed maintenance departments. Right. And, right. Yeah. and a commitment that it isn't gonna be sold out from under you if you wanna right. live there for, for a long right. time. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, there... It's fill, like I said. It's fills, it fills a niche that we need right now. Kind of like, kind of like they did when when we had the crisis. They came in and bought homes and rented them out, and then they made a ton of money when they sold them. But they they were there to save us. Truthfully, they did kind of save us at the bottom of that market and transform the quality of the inventory a little bit with the with the capital investment. Indeed, right. you know? indeed. Right. Yeah. So that so there's a use, but I, I hear your point. It kind of squeezes the little guy out of the market, which yeah. I hate. I, I do hate that. Yeah, I do hate that. All right, let's let's do segment three here. Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, we have my partner, Cynthia Ward. We also have Matt Mullen here from the Mullen Group at Berkshire Hathaway here in uh, Southern Nevada in Las Vegas. And uh, before the break, we were talking about investing in rentals. But let's talk about... Uh, in general, I mean, you talk about a customized approach, uh, Matt, which I love. I think that's really important to understand as, as a buyer. No two buyers' needs are ever the same, ever. Just like I said, no two houses are the mm-hmm. same. No two buyers' needs are ever the same. We'd, we'd love it if they were. It would be, our job would be really easy, but that's not what it's about. It's about making sure we find out what's right for them. So how do they navigate this market right now? How should a buyer be looking at it? <clears throat> well, um, one thing, just that as we've been talking here, got me thinking a thought i just had was the longer your time horizon the lower your risk right right and the longer you think 
into the future of what do I really want to in terms of where I want to live? What, what how do I want to spend my days? How do you know? We're talking about a long-term lifestyle thing. So back in 2011, which happened to be a good time, right? But I remember kind of early on, I was thinking. Warren Buffett style thought process. <laughs> I'm going to live in the same house forever, <coughs> no right. matter how Drive much. Drive the same car. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, know? yeah. And and uh, I I will never need more, no matter how much I earn or make, etc. But then I was out um, with a friend mm-hmm. who has been in the industry a long time, appraiser, 20 plus years in the business, and we were just catching up after playing tennis, and we were just had our third child. Okay, right, and. He said, you got a three, third kid coming? He's like, you're not going to be happy in that house in 15 years with three teenagers? And he was right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, hmm, maybe. And he's like, and, and you got to move into my neighborhood. Houses in my neighborhood are selling for half of what they were. And just he just was talking about right. that. I was not even, I yeah. went to play tennis that night. Right. right. Not even thinking about moving. about moving right or shopping for a home right and then a friend said are you gonna be happy in that house in 15 years mm-hmm. and so i went home that night <laughs> shopped on the mls because we can do that we can do that <laughs> indeed yep. we got great access <laughs> and uh we were under contract the next afternoon on one of the only properties. Holy cow! That was, wow, that was a short sale at the time, right? And we we owned, so right. there was no super time urgency, right? right. And you know we're we're in that house now, and we're How I, I couldn't imagine living right. in the old one with the three teenagers. He was one hundred percent right. Yeah, but um, it had nothing to do with market timing, price movements. Right. I mean, a little bit because it yeah. was, but really, it was what do I want over the long term, right? And. Uh, I mean, in 20 years of helping buyers and sellers with homes that they live in and yeah. deciding on the lifestyle they want to have, I've, I, maybe you could probably share this, but I, can, I don't think I can even count on one hand. Somebody said they did it purely because of market timing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I mean, yeah. they want to believe that's true. They want to believe that that's true. And, they, and we'd like to you know, make them feel comfortable about it. But the truth is, is that for the vast majority of people, they're moving because they got to move. There's a reason. And I always go to what I call the four. You know, I got to get closer to something, further away from something. I got to get bigger or I got to get smaller. (laughs) One or the other. That's it. Those are the reasons. And and you can boil it down to one of those four reasons if you like. And that's what happens. And so, and I always, and we we tell, I have a story that I've shared before and I'll share it again because I think it is relevant. It's kind of, it it rings true with you. We had a a woman in that similar market where she said, look, Harv, I want to sell my house. But if I can't get this much money, I'm not selling. I said, well, why do you want to sell? She said, well, I want to move back to North Carolina where my grandson is, and I want to spend some time with my grandchildren. I said, okay, great. So I, I looked at the analysis. I said, listen, you, you're not going to get this number probably based on our current market condition. You're not going to get this number for some time. We're not even close to that yet, so I just want you to know it's going to be a while. But let me ask you this. Is that year or two that you're going to miss with your grandson worth it? And when you get the number you get here, how much are you going to have to pay there? Right. So we always want to look at the market conditions. If you're transferring equity from one home into another, the market conditions don't really matter all that much. Right. They really don't. You need to just do it. Make the move. Do what's right for you. Life's too short. Right. Right? That, and so that so it, it coincides with what you were talking so about. So did she decide to move? She did. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. She said, yeah, you know, you're right. Let's go. Let's get this done. Yeah. And we sold it. And we got a good price. And and technically, in that, that story that I shared, I wasn't planning on it. Wasn't thinking about <laughs> right. it. With the, even, even within that day. I'm sure your and, wife was like, what? 
What? Well, I bet that's true. <laughs> Wait, we're going to do what? <laughs> I just had a baby, and you're going to make me do what? <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. When she watches this, she's going to have a good laugh, because if we ever do shop for a home again, she's doing it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice. Uh, so, but, but one of the things that clicked with me on that was it is about what do you want over the long term? Where do you want to live? And then it, use of cash and, and comfortable, you know, being comfortable with budget is important. If you expect major changes in life, yeah, are you comfortable? You know, if if you had to move, mm-hmm. go, going back to right. rental numbers, like what is the income value of that property? You could pay your mortgage and go move somewhere else, and not it, the, and prices don't matter, right? right. Theoretically, if right. you make the move on in that story that I shared about, we technically. Got an FHA loan to purchase the next primary residence. Mm-hmm. Took a loan for the down payment out of a 401k wow. from ourselves. Technically, it was zero down. Nice. Wow. Um, yeah. On an FHA loan and rented the last place out for more than our mortgage payment. Outstanding. See? And that's that's what I mean by kind of find the right solution for you personally right. that fits with goals, budget, time. You know. Yeah, time. so if you're a seller out there and you're sitting on a 3% mortgage right now, and you're saying, geez, this house isn't quite right, but I can't afford it. I don't want to give up. Don't give it up. Keep it. Rent it out. If you can, yeah. As long as you can afford to go ahead and come up with a down payment or have money elsewhere to put a down payment on another house, keep it, rent it out, take the profit from that, pay off your mortgage in your new house. I mean, look, like no two people are alike. Everyone's got a little different circumstance. But there are ways to take advantage of what you got. That 3% mortgage is worth some money. It's worth some money. And, yeah. I, and I agree with you. If you're a seller out there thinking, yeah, I don't want to give that up. I don't disagree with that. However... If you're having triplets and you're in a two-bedroom condo, yeah, you might want to give up the three yeah. percent if you can't afford to rent. You might want to do that and just take. You know, it's like I heard John Ingram talk about this, and he said, "Look, take a look at your overall cost. Maybe you have some credit card debt, other things that are higher rate. You can sell that house, pay all that stuff off, and maybe a seven percent mortgage isn't so horrible anymore because right. you're, you've lowered your monthly expenses overall. Anyway, you know, pencil it out." But one of the things that you said I think is really important, and I heard Mark Stark talk about this. He's talking particularly with young people. When you're looking to buy something and you're young and if you know your family's going to grow, think a little beyond what you are right now. It may, and don't, don't stretch your budget to be mortgage poor, but stretch your budget enough so you know to anticipate there's going to be some family growth. We're going to need a little more space later, or we hope we are. You know? yeah. So think about those things. But yeah. I love I love that look at the whole picture. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Versus uh market timing. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What, and there's all sorts of opinions out there. I mean, even oh my goodness. everything. You should do this, you should do that. <laughs> right. No, that's not if you're comfortable with what's right for you mm-hmm. and where you're gonna live yeah. or I like your yeah. timing too. We all have clients that, that say they're going to be here maybe four or five years, and so that's a different conversation than someone who's doing a forever home. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know, it just I always say pencil it out because that's really what you got to do. When we talk about loans, pencil it out. There's two numbers that matter: how much money do I need to close it, and how much money I'm going to pay every month thereafter. How they get to those numbers is not as critical to me. I just want to know those two numbers. Just tell me, and, and if I can afford them, and I I love the house, let's do that. Let's do that. Actually, you both just brought a thought you know i I had three questions that i think to help figure out what's right for you okay you know this is my economics nerd coming out a little bit but bring it it, bring it we love nerd stuff (laughs) a little bit a little bit of the uh (laughs) run a sensitivity analysis on it you know what i mean but you can do it with three questions like what's the what's the worst case scenario right that could happen and think up all the things and make a list what's the absolute best case scenario make a list and what's most likely to happen 
if you can look at those list of things, usually the answer becomes pretty clear on, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable with that right. so, or I'm not. Right. So here's a, here's a guy who was never going to move, and I'll bet, I'll bet you that night he went home, made those three lists, and said, yeah, we're moving tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. we we got to do it. I want more space. i got to have it. And, and it just falls down to those things. So I, I, those great three questions and a yeah. great way to do it. I love, again, penciling it out, yeah. making those lists for yourself. Hey, guys, we're coming up on another break. We're on a few commercials. We'll come back. we got a lot more to talk about, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. That's just a good life question, too. I talk to my nieces, and they're like, okay, Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Mm-hmm. And then think that through, and then you're pretty much good to go. <clears throat> My clients get mad at me because I tell them worst-case scenarios. I just say, here's, I mean, let, let's talk about, you know, we were talking about this condo they're buying down at Lake Las Vegas, and, and they have a, there's a laundry closet, and it's got a 110 outlet, which you can buy a 110 system for, but a right. 220 is a lot better. I said, if you can't get the 220, do you not want to buy the house? I, I really right. I want you to think about that. If that's that, let's get out of here. Let's let's find another building. No, we love that building. That building's perfect. You know, it's right. Okay, then then we'll deal with that. Let's 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 put that aside and move on from something yeah, else. They're going to walk through the door and that plug's going to bug the wife every time. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's it's true. Like you, you do the good news is they can do two twenty there, yeah. so they can do it. We found out from the building they can add two twenty. But I know it's, it's, sometimes it's the smallest thing that will sometimes change everything it is sometimes it's that thing but but we got to just ask ask yourself the question if the Mm -hmm. in this worst case scenario does that does that make you apprehensive about even doing this and if it does fine let's get out of it you know let's not do it yeah and there's almost there's no such thing as perfection Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i love that what what can be changed what can't be changed and right there's compromise everywhere right (laughs) always and we always have to come i mean i I, I always tell the story that I built a custom home. I we penciled that we drew every single we knew we um, from start to finish took us a couple of years to get it done. And I can tell you right now the house is far from perfect. Right, <laughs> it's far from it. <laughs> so, but that's what you do. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do segment four. Segment four. Segment four. Do you have anything you want to wrap up on, Matt, or I'm going to go in my articles? I think we covered your stuff pretty good. We didn't really talk about creative ways to pick the next house first. We don't. I don't know if you want to go into that or not. Yeah, let's do that. I kind of liked how you were talking about how you took money from your 401k, you know, because people are like, how can I get into a new house? I don't have the money. It's almost, could you take money from that house, borrow money? Like, I liked that. I was well, like, and oh. not everybody's investments are structured so you can do that. Right. I mean, yeah. some you yeah. can, right. some you can. Well, yeah. But if you have equity in the house and you have a 3% mortgage, you can take money out of the house and buy another house. house. Sure. You can and do you that. still have enough equity. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's I talk about that. Let's touch that. Because, but then you're going to have a loan on that. You're going to have the home equity line of credit loan, whatever that is yeah, and now. do the math, right. And yeah. then, yeah. Penciling it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do the math. It pencils yep. for what you want. Yep. If it because you can pay that loan off more aggressively than everything else, hopefully, ideally, it's a smaller loan. You can start. Let's start knocking that one out. You know, again, it's up to the individual, but yeah, there's possibilities and like you said, creative ways to get it done. So let's talk about that. Get a side hustle. Side hustle. (laughs) That's what it is. That's what I was thinking about. That's what we were talking about earlier. All right, segment four. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. And if you're listening to Cynthia and or Matt and you think, boy, I really like to work with those guys, 
then then text their names to me. Text to Cynthia or Matt to me, and I'm sure they'll be happy to help you guys out with your real estate needs. But I prefer you call me. Um, hey, hey, hey. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, <laughs> um, let me, before we get into the, the, this topic and we're going to talk about some creative ways to be a buyer, I want to, let's just give a quick shout. It's Wednesday. We're recording this. I know that the Henderson little league team is playing right now. Oh, what's Once, the score? What's the score? Do we, we don't have a score yet, uh-huh. uh, but they're playing right now. We're, we're well, fingers crossed. Hopefully they can move on in the world series and, and, uh, and then uh, Las Vegas got a lot of reason to be proud of our baseball heritage now. In recent years, all the all the pros, all the mm-hmm. major pros that have come out of Vegas. Yeah, we've got a lot of athletes. Yeah, we're looking good, man. I mean, when athletes come here to retire usually. They don't usually come from here. But now we're seeing a lot of them coming from here now, so that's really good. Anyway, Matt, I want to talk a little bit about what buyers can do perhaps creatively to get a deal done now. Is that, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I mentioned in my story, which I hadn't even thought about um, until I consult, you know, I consulted my my mortgage advisor and mm-hmm. said, "Well, I, I'd like to do that right now, but we don't have the cash." And that's that's where that solution came up. You know, looked at the whole picture, mm-hmm. looked at access to cash, and said, "Well, you could take a loan out of your own four hundred one k and pay yourself back, and that's a qualified down payment for the next property." Our our unique situation was we wanted to keep the other one as a rental, mm-hmm. but if somebody didn't and said, yeah, it's not going to work for me, and um, I want to pick out my next house first. Right. You know, there are creative solutions out there right now that we have access to with instant access to equity, pick out the next house first. Yeah. Um, You know. I think that's huge because a lot of people right now are talking about contingencies, where I buy this one, I got to sell it. The problem with a contingency purchase, guys, is it, it weakens your offer. I mean, a seller's not excited about the idea that you might buy my house. They want to know you're going to buy it. And so if you can go in there any way, shape, or form, and there's ways. We have services that will, be, that will help you take cash out of the existing house to buy the new house, and then you can sell the house and pay off, the, pay off that. There's so many ways. So I think that's what you're heading towards. Is that's that, one of the elements that you've is got. Is that the bridge loan yeah, concept? Yeah. <clears throat> bridge loan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And through the, uh, through the APEX program. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we, ultimately, the, the, the thing to keep in mind is there's always creative ways you might not have thought of. Yeah. And in that, in that particular one, if you can't, or don't want to qualify for two mortgages, debt to income ratio on the purchase. Um, you know, you could go shopping without any commitment of time. Right. Find the right house because that's one of the hardest things to do as well as time everything. You yeah, know, like, I'm definitely going to sell this, but I, you know, how do I time it? And how it's do I stressful. Negotiate that? It's and, very stressful. Yeah, it is. You know, I we I you know I, I phrase it the, the gap and the overlap when I when I want to buy another house and sell a house. Is there going to be a time in between where I have no place to live? Or am I going to own two houses at the same time? And so you, you, you have to, ideally we, we, we set it up so that boom, that's perfect. You know, you sell one house, you move into the other. It's ideally that's perfect. And a lot of times we can make that happen through a variety of methods of rent backs or whatever. I had a nightmare. Did you? Well, so I had the buyer. Well, we were selling their condo, and the seller um, they're having a baby, so they wanted to get a bigger house. So the seller accepted our contingency, and. Um, the unit next door to my client's condo leaked, and we had mold. Oh boy! Mm. So we had to can- so those poor sellers. Yeah, you know they were anticipating us closing. We were anticipating, you know, it just was a mess. It happens. We had to cancel it. It's right out there. of our control sometimes, and 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 it ha- you know in my mind I always say it happens for a reason. There's some there's a better deal that's going to come later. Right, it's going to happen, and everybody's going to be fine. But yeah, it does happen. But ideally. Nine, 99 times out of 100, we can make this happen for right. you. We can get it to the point. There is the occasional issue where it might yeah. not. Then, then, 
and we prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. That's what we do. And you just feel bad for everybody. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we all get. I think we all get emotionally involved yeah. with our our transaction. We can't help it. Right. That's the way we. That's the way we're all wired. But okay, so so when you're thinking about buying, meet with a lender, talk about a variety of ways to come up with down payment and what you can afford later on. Yeah, I think I think the the point is instead of because uh, if I would have just said to myself, oh, we don't have the cash in the bank right now, so we can't do it. We wouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But simply saying, how can I make this happen to <clears throat> a lending partner, a financial advisor, a real estate professional, and mm-hmm. just saying, how could I make this happen? Right. You could find ways to instant access to equity through, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe a, maybe a home equity line of credit on mm-hmm. an existing house, maybe right. borrow from retirement account, maybe one of these niche programs that will, you know, buy your current house, give you instant access to equity and right. let you buy the next one so you are on two mortgages. Yeah. Um, and you know what's cool about that is is that you could do that investigation, and we're happy to provide opportunities for you to do that with ourselves and or our lender partners and other people. And you could do that investigation and then decide you're not doing it. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Get all the information, it, yeah. Yep, we're happy to provide you the information so you can decide, yep, it's not a good time, never mind. Okay, that's fine. Again, that's part of being your realtor. You know, not trying to sell you a house right now. Just be your realtor, be a resource for you to help you figure out whether or not it's a good idea or not. Financially, it may make no sense at all, and if it if it if it doesn't make any sense at all, or it can't work, then then you just don't do it. And you wait till later. Yeah, I think that's actually uh, the way you said that is really great because I think right now, so many there's so many new technologies, companies, products, huh. services, and most of them I'm not naming any names make make you think it's either or. Like right. I can oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. Right. And in reality. You know, you it you can it's and yeah right. It's, it's right. What, what it's I can I can have access to all these things. I don't have to pick. And then when when the beauty is, you don't have to agree to anything until right. the actual solution is right. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the best deal, guys, is no deal. Right. Sometimes that is the best deal. And 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 I I get you know some of my partners sometimes used to get upset with me because I said sometimes it is the best deal for for our clients. Sometimes it's best not to go forward this time. For whatever reason, um, but most time it's uh, look. If if you don't own, I'm going to say you need to own. Right. You know, I think uh, in any market, I'm going to say it's a good. You know, get in there and buy something. That first one's the hardest one, guys. I you hear me say this all the time. That for that's it's the scary. one you got to that's yeah. the one you got to write the check for. The rest of them, you don't have to write the check for. You know, you're pulling the money from somewhere else, usually out of the house itself, to buy the next house. The first one's the hardest one. Get that one out of the way. They're not easy, but they're easier. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> okay. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. So that's just one thing, you know. So if you've got that great interest rate, yeah. it's not. You don't have to give it up, right? You don't have to give it up. You might want to, but you don't have to. All right, guys. I got a couple quick articles. I want to. Well, let me talk about one in particular. Um, and this is Summerlin. And you know, I like talking about Summerlin because I think you know. Um, People don't understand the nature or the, or the width and breadth of Summerlin. It's it's huge. First of all, it's one of the largest master plans in the country. Uh, but there's a new developer, a new builder out there who's building. Lennar is going to build a 79 lot subdivision out there, and that just came out. Patrick Blennerhass wrote this in the RJ just last week, and I wanted to talk on it because it has a little bit of the historical elements of Summerlin, which I like to talk about periodically, which I think is important. Um, and, it talk, and I'm going to read right from the article first. Uh, Summerlin developer Howard Hughes Corp. sells land to home builders in the Summerlin community, which spans 22,500 acres along the Las Vegas Valley's western rim and has approximately 120,000 residents. 
has long been one of the top, currently ranked number five uh, in, in the country. Um, but their roots go back to 1952 when American business tycoon Howard Hughes bought 25,000-acre parcel on the western rim of Las Vegas, get this, Matt, for $3 an acre. Wow. <laughs> $3 an acre, if we only known, if I'd only been alive. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um, but it just goes to show you, and and the name Summerlin, uh, the name Summerlin. I always like to talk about this because I thought it was interesting. It's named after his grandmother. Oh, her name was Summerlin. Or her last, name was or last no. Name? Her name was Summerlin. I don't. Her name was Summerlin. So I don't. I think it was her first name. I oh, think wow. he, that's where the, that's where Summerlin got its name from. People call it Summerland. They call it all. You know, we, we hear that all the time, right, Sin? Yeah. But it's it's Summerlin. So that. But just a quick little history lesson on Summerlin, guys. I got to say, what a fun real estate hour we've just had. Um, got to thank Mark, our production director. Got to thank Carly once again for doing a great job. And I want to thank our outstanding expert contributors today, that being Cynthia Ward and uh, Matt Mullen. Uh, you've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfield. Next week, we'll have another wonderful hour for, guess what? Next week, we're live. We're going to be live in studio, so you can call in with your questions. Um, and uh, it's always fun. I do that like once a quarter. Uh, so you'll be able to call me if you have a, a real estate story you want to share or a question you want to have answered by all means give us a call next week meanwhile if you ever have any other questions about real estate or any of the other topics we cover just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165 again that's 702-203-1165 please subscribe to our youtube channel that being lv real estate radio like and follow us on social media at lv real estate radio and i want to thank you our listeners for joining us this week remember While we seek to educate, empower, and engage with you, we want you to learn, understand, and then act. We'll meet you on the radio next Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on 101.5 KDON.